All right. Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode seven of That's Not What Andrea Told Me. We are excited this week to dive into the horrific world that is dating in the 21st century. Um, And this is a fun one for us because dating is yet another way, much like friendships and things like that, that we have approached very differently. Wouldn't you say, Case? Yeah, I I would say. (laughs) So talk about your adventure into into dating. Where'd you get your first boyfriend? I was... I think I was 14, which as an adult, I'm like, oh, so young. <laughs> and of course, at the time I was like, I'm just so old. And then I dated him for all of high school and then a little bit in college before finally moving on. That was a fun thing for the family because of course his parents became uh, dear, dear friends of, of our families. That has to happen when you start dating someone before you can drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. I forget about that. <laughs> Yeah. So did you guys start dating in eighth or ninth grade? Ninth. Okay. So you were 14. I, I, may, I may have my, I feel like I have my, the ages that you are what years in school mixed up. Cause mm-hmm. I thought I got my first boyfriend at 13, but it must've been 12 because I was in seventh grade. Dang girl. I was what people might call boy crazy. Um, Yes, yeah, so I had a boyfriend in seventh grade, a boyfriend in eighth grade, a boyfriend in ninth grade, a boyfriend in 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. So much so, it was kind of stuff of legend. So I know a few of our friends from high school do listen to this podcast, but for anybody who did not go to our high school, because our school is so small, all high schoolers are invited to prom because otherwise there'd be 40 kids there. And what they do is the senior class gets to do a dinner or at least it's how they used to do it. I'm not actually even sure if they still do it this way, but the senior class does a dinner with parents before prom starts. And we had a teacher, he was our AP gov and history teacher. Or I think our economics teacher, he did a roast. And I, I mean, he roast, did he roast your class? I feel like somebody did, but honestly, I don't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. He a hundred percent roasted our class and like his big roast of me was trading in boys for for newer models and it was a lot it was a it was, I think mom and Dan remember exactly what he said and every now and then they'll tell me and I'm like oh it kind of hurts my feminist heart just a little bit <laughs> may he rest in peace colonel but anyways yeah and so yeah so my my high school dating was a little different and then what about college so you you guys dated a little bit into college yeah but it, I mean we lived in different cities so it was yeah. Kind of like an on again, off again thing. Yeah. And I guess in college was when I unleashed my boy crazy. Okay. And it was so many more people than I was used to uh, being around after graduating with 43 kids or whatever. Yeah. So I think I basically had a different boyfriend every year of of college. Is that right? Because in my mind, you had each of them for a couple of years, but I guess I'm wrong. No. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Each was worse than the last, except for the one I dated my senior year, who was just the sweetest person in the whole wide world. Yes. A lovely Uh, human. Yeah. And that was, that was that. So that's funny because I guess I flipped a little bit. I had a boyfriend freshman year, but then I didn't get another one until junior year. I certainly dated and had lots of crushes, but not like a serious boyfriend 
I think I'm right about that until I was just a week. I was one week shy of my 21st birthday when I met the boy that I really first was like, I will, I will marry this person. Oh, wow. Hallelujah. I did it. But yeah, I mean, we had it all planned out. I don't know if you know this. We'd gone ring shopping. We had talked about like, okay, we want to be married by 25, but not have kids until 30 because we want to travel and have fun and do all this stuff. And yeah, it, it was when after graduation, we stayed in Austin for eight months and then he really wanted to move to Dallas and I had zero interest in that. Mm -hmm. And so we moved to Houston and I mean, it made sense because both of our parents were in that area, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's just really, I just have, I had no use for Dallas, but so we moved back and then things kind of changed and he started to pull away. And I don't know if you remember, we had a break, like a one month break. He was like, I need to see what my life will be like without you. And oh my gosh, I was, I was devastated. Like there's a couple of friends of mine that you could talk to. And they just, that was not usually how I was. And I just remember Willie totally knew something was wrong. You know, like he would just curl up on me with his, he had a, he was a pug chihuahua mix. So he had a curly tail and his little tail would uncurl as I'd just be sitting on the couch bawling, crying. And then after that one month deadline, He was like, nope, I do not want a a life without you. I don't want to live in a world without you. So let's get back together. So we did. And then he was needing to move out of his apartment. If you remember, we had the two apartments like less than a half a mile apart from each other Mm -hmm. and he wanted to move in. And I was like, I don't, I don't think we should move in together if you don't know for certain that we have a future. And he was like, I can't say that I want to get married or whatever. And so at that point it, I, I was done. I was done. It was a funny thing. Like we, because he ultimately then moved. And so we weren't seeing each other as much anymore. I think he moved in with his parents south of Houston. And I got free tickets to a baseball game from my company that I worked for at the time. And I I called him up and said, do you want to go to the baseball game tonight? And it's like, if we didn't see each other that night, we weren't going to see each other till the weekend or something. And he said, no. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. So I, I, I realized like, okay, I'm done with this and, and never, never really, well, it's not true that I never looked back, but we didn't speak for a whole year and then we got back in touch, but then ultimately um, went our separate ways again. So yeah, Crazy. I know. So yeah. So then you broke up with your college boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Were you already living in San Antonio at that time? Yeah. So he was a year younger than me. So I graduated, we had tried to find a job in Birmingham, but it just didn't pan out. And then moved to San Antonio, moved in with mom and Dan. And so we kept seeing each other for a little while. And I think he, we made a trip together. He came to San Antonio, but then actually what happened was when Ivan died, I really had a moment and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I'm going to go live my life. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. (laughs) So we dated for probably four months after, after college. And so I had made a friend at work. So I talked him into joining a dodgeball league with me Mm -hmm. where we met some people because neither of us really knew anyone our age in the city. And I started dating a guy on that team. Okay. That's how he came into our lives. That is it. Yeah. I always forgot about that. And how long were you guys together? About a year. Okay. And I I remember you being pretty upset when that ended. Yeah, because it felt really abrupt. I think in hindsight, it probably wasn't. I think it was like moving that direction. And I think Mm -hmm. I was just in denial about it. But yeah, like 
it's of course everything is is clear in the rearview mirror it was not a great thing so yeah <laughs> well and there was the added complication of those dogs yes that's that's tricky and i will say one of the best things that i did with long-term college boyfriend that i thought i was going to marry when i wanted a dog i like we agreed this is my dog so mm-hmm. if something were to ever happen this dog is my dog Mm-hmm. I'm really glad we made that decision because there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But your situation was a little more complicated around those dogs, right? Yeah. So really like he got them because, you know, I don't support buying dogs. Sure. I like to adopt dogs, but yeah. he purchased dogs from a breeder. He got two, they were litter mates. And so in the way we would talk about them, one was his and one was mine, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was not clearly established. So when we broke up, they obviously stayed with him. And, and that is always very clear to me. Like, I don't do breaks. If you don't want to be with me, then like, see you later. We're not, yes. we will not review this situation. Yeah, That's generally my rule of thumb with yeah. the one exception. And yes, I mean, obviously I was, I was very upset, but it's also, you know, like, screw you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm going to drink wine with my sister in Houston. Yeah. And so... After that, I do feel like it was a little bit eye-opening because I was like, okay, like that wasn't, that wasn't right. But eventually when I met my now husband was when that guy reached back out and was like, oh, do you want one of the dogs? Yeah. And uh, Russell was like, I don't want your ex-boyfriend's dog. <laughs> hey, that's fair. Uh, it is fair. It was a bummer because they were great dogs. They were good dogs. They were. Really uh, yeah. Dogs. It's like, okay, that's, that's fine. Yeah. So that about catches me up. So yeah. shall I jump into what will be the meat and potatoes of this episode? Yeah, sure. Okay. So I was newly single, luckily working in a place where there were lots of single people, but I was like, I'm going to you know, be, be free for a while and then we'll see. So I got the free trial of eHarmony uh-huh. and that one month was, was really too much. (laughs) (laughs) Did not enjoy that at all. Um, Zero out of 10 would not recommend. I mean, just talk about creepy people. Yeah. So at the time I was still very strictly vegetarian Mm -hmm. and that was in my profile because it's something that was about me. Yes. That is Um, a relevant piece of information in the dating world. And so I got really gross messages related to meat. Meat. Oh, come on. Yeah, that was disgusting. <laughs> and even then it was very clear the the like fake personas. Yeah. They would put out there because there would be these 10 out of 10 looking yeah. guys that would, I don't even remember how it worked. Like you would get a message, but then there would never be a message back. So I did go on two dates with people from there. The first guy was a very nice man. We had a day date where uh-huh. we just kind of met up to see like, oh, do we want to go to dinner? So we went to dinner and that's when it really, it went downhill really fast because he told me that I could change anything I wanted to about him. And I was like, what? That's so sad. <laughs> and he was also wanting to buy a, a new car. And so he really wanted my opinion about these cars. And I was like, I don't care. Buy whatever car you like. So I think he was looking for someone to marry within like five or 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, which was not quite my goal. 
right? And then the other guy was like a bro. I think he was from Boston or something. And I think if I remember correctly, we went to a dance hall and I think that date was so bad. I ended up just leaving. Like wow. I just walked out. <laughs> it's like, enjoy yourself. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, and then I got one really weird message from a guy I worked with who was uh-huh. always kind of a creeper. And that's when I was like, yeah, this is, we're done here. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, so then how long after your one month free trial of eHarmony ended, did you and Russell go on your first date? So I probably ended that like in February or March uh, of 2013. Then uh, I had known Russell for many years yeah. at this point. And our mutual friend brought him once again to my yeah. birthday party. So Russell yeah. was at my 24th birthday and my 25th birthday. And so we hung out quite a bit at my 25th birthday. And then we just hung out several times. And then if you remember, our first date was like our real first date was really a swing I guess because it was like a date date he got real nervous and he watched tv over my head the whole time whoa not the whole time but yeah so I was like well this is real weird there are a couple of other hilarious stories of yeah of Russell and I's beginning dating story but well maybe once he decides to become a listener he could come onto this podcast and tell those stories (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just always forget how long he's been in our lives. But he went to Hawaii with us in 2013. He did? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah that was a funny thing. It was different because I did always tend to have long-term boyfriends that moved relatively slow. Yeah. Um, but it, both of us had that that general attitude Mm -hmm. but with the two of us we moved a little bit faster and we talked about that quite a bit like Mm -hmm. because it felt fine yeah Uh, there of course anytime we had a major event I would have a freak out but yeah (laughs) I'm just not good with change yeah so well yeah so again this is where we really part ways I am not married as it turns out. So after long-term college boyfriend and I broke up, I, I resisted the online dating. So we broke up in 2007 and I didn't date anybody um, for the next year about, and then we did reconnect for a hot minute. Like we, we met up and you know, went out a couple of times, but it was obvious nothing had changed. And, you know, so that was fine. But so I was really resistant to online dating and I was really putting it out there to friends, right? So as we talked about in our friends episode, I have a wide, vast network of friends. And I just always felt like somebody should have a cousin, a brother, a nephew, because I have friends that are older, like somebody should have somebody that they love and adore that they could introduce me to. And nobody did except one friend of mom and Dan's. They were also my neighbors. They had a friend that they introduced me to and I did love him. He was just so cute and so charming. And if you remember, he dumped me. And that was really the first time that I was like legit dumped, you know? So I was, I don't know, 25 at the time. And you would have thought, I mean, I don't even, like I just was again, a sobbing hot mess, you know? (laughs) And we dated for two months or something. Like it wasn't even that big of a deal. And you know, I hate Valentine's day, like most humans. 
And he, but he dumped me like right around either on Valentine's day or right a, like a week before or something. Ouch. And I, I just, I remember sobbing to, to my friends and being like, no, what am I going to do on Valentine's day? Oh my God. I know. Isn't that ridiculous? But that's where taking baby bottles of wine to the movies comes from. Yeah. yeah. So my friend Heather at the time was like, you know, let's go to the movies. And I was like, can we take, can we take little baby bottles of wine? Meaning the small boxes or bottles. She thought I meant, could we put wine in baby bottles? And because she was such a supportive friend, she was like, yes, we can. We can. So anyways, that, that was that. Then I had a coworker who wanted to set me up with her neighbor. And this really is what kickstarted the insanity that is <laughs> the people that I go on dates with. So this guy, and keep in mind at this point, we're in our late 20s, probably. Mm -hmm. I'd say 27, 28. And I met this guy at Onion Creek in Houston. Awesome date place. If any of our listeners live in Houston and are single, it's just really casual, easy. Well, we met on a Saturday afternoon during football season. And I remember that because the state was so bad. I ended up watching a lot of football that I probably didn't really care about. So we meet up and we sit down and start, kind of start the usual conversation around where'd you go to school? And he went to, I think it's Lamar University down in Beaumont. I think that's right. And he proceeds to tell me this story about how he got so drunk and drove his car and wrecked a stop sign and like just tells this whole big story about how drunk he was in driving. And I'm like, you just met me. For all you know, my entire family died in a fiery drunk driving car accident. Like, why would you lead with this story? You yeah. know? Yeah, it's and not so, something to be proud of. Yeah. And he clearly was. I'm like, okay. So then I'm trying to change the subject. He's a dog owner. I'm a dog owner. So then he proceeds to tell me about how his dog had just been like two weeks prior, so sick that it was having diarrhea and it was all over his house. And then he pulled out his phone and showed me pictures. No. <laughs> yes. And I was like, this can't, this can't be happening. Are you literally like, we, we may as well mark this podcast explicit. He was showing me dog shit photos. And so by that point, I'm like, I don't think I have anything in common with this guy. So whatever, I just try to get out there as quick as possible. And then he's like, um, hey, I'm going to do a big, you know, clearly since you're a, a football fan, I'm gonna do a big Super Bowl party. Do you want to come? No, I, I do not. Thank you. <laughs> So yes, there was that guy. Again, at this point, I'm still resisting the online dating. And so I graduated from University of Texas and I ended up going to several Texas Exes events. And so sure enough, meet this guy, very nice guy, attorney. We meet up for dinner and have a lovely dinner. And I was debating ordering a second or third glass of wine, who knows? And he's like, oh, I have a really nice bottle of wine back at my house. And I'm just a couple of blocks away. Do you want to come back to my house? Okay, fine. So drive over to his house, you know, go in, he opens a bottle of wine and he has this cat. And he's telling me he has this cat, but this cat's very shy and we should go looking for the cat. And in hindsight, he was probably nervous. Like he was probably nervous to sit down and like just have a glass of wine with me. So I'm walking through his house with this glass of wine while we're peering under beds and in closets looking for this stupid cat that I actually don't care about. You know, I'm not a huge cat person. Never find the cat. 
okay, whatever. And I'm thinking this is not going to probably happen again. Well, this was back before you texted photos to people. So the next day I'm sitting at work and an email pops up and it is what can best be described as cat porn. I, I mean, I'm not a, an aficionado of cat porn, but if I had to envision how someone would set that up, this is how it would look. So he had this big master bath with a big like garden tub or jet tub or whatever. And in this, in the series, it was a series of photos. It was not just one photo was candles all along the, the bathroom counter. Yeah. Uh, I believe there were some fresh flowers and it's like a series of the cat, like dipping his paw in the water or her paw, I remember, and like licking the bath and, and it was like, you know, here's fluffies, you know, or whatever. Oh. So I was like, okay. I don't even remember if I responded to that email. What, what do you respond when you get sexy photos of someone's cat? It's a good question. <laughs> I do not have that answer. If any of our listeners know how I should have responded, you can mm-hmm. write us and tell me. So yeah. So here's what's funny about that guy though. He ultimately became a judge in Harris County. I would, I, I couldn't tell you his name. I mean, we wouldn't on the podcast anyways, but I would drive around about five years later. I'm like, oh, that's crazy cat poor guy. And so, yeah. And so then I started grad school and, you know, it was just hard to really mm-hmm. commit. And so I dated a few people, you know, not super seriously throughout grad school. But when I got the job at Montevallo, one of my dear friends, Susan, was super excited that I was single. And she's like, we've got to get you online dating. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll settle in and I'll, I'll get there. But, you know, I had gutted my kitchen and done all this stuff. So it took me a while to get signed up. Well, Susan met her now husband on OkCupid as my friend Meredith met her fiance, Sean, on OkCupid. So like, we're going to set your OkCupid profile up. So we do. And we do this in December of 16. So I had been here a few months and I didn't start going on my first date until that spring. And I I don't know, again, there's a number of things here, right? Like it's the insane profiles. I tell you what, if I never have to look at a bathroom selfie with a urinal in the background again, I'll die a happy woman. And like what that tells me is you don't even have one friend that you can be like, (laughs) hey dude, could you just take a quick picture of me in front of this tree? I don't know. Like, (laughs) I'm outdoorsy. Look at me in front of this tree. I mean, that's all you got to do. You know, here's me and my cat in this bubble bath. That bath had bubbles too, by the way. I don't remember if I said that. I don't know, just anything other than a urinal. And so, you know, just weeding through that and like the the crazy things people message. And, you know, I don't know, my my standards shifted and changed of like, because initially I was like, if there's a bathroom selfie, I'm saying no. And then finally I was like, okay, maybe ever. <laughs> I guess I have to accept that, but, but then I just started to have other criteria, but anyways, so went on a couple of dates and the, the first one was a non-event he blessed his little heart. He was just a stage four clinger. And when I told him I didn't want to see him again, he was like, that's it. I have to quit this app because I'll never meet anybody. I'm like, that's on you, man. Nothing I can do for you. <laughs> Sorry. But the third date that I went on from this app was this guy and we met at this Ethiopian restaurant in Birmingham. It's not there anymore, but man, it was good. And it was one of those things like right away, I felt very at ease, which I hadn't really on the other couple of dates that I had gone on. And so, you know, he's just very jovial and telling jokes, very funny guy. We start chatting. I don't even know if we'd ordered dinner yet. When he starts in 
Oh, I know the question I asked him. The question I asked him was, are you from Alabama originally? And then what followed was approximately an hour and a half of all of his Jerry Springer style dating drama, culminating with the joke that he had been married every decade of his life and he was about to turn 39, hint, hint, wink, wink. (laughs) <laughs> like I do not want to be your fourth wife thank you very much <laughs> not. well third right well let's see because I think he got married at 18 uh, I think that's right and then 20 and then in the 30s yeah I think that's right uh, uh, maybe I'm wrong but I'm, I'm pretty sure because he, he he got a girl pregnant and they got married when they were really young but yeah he told me about this girl this was his second wife they'd had a crush on each other in high school timing never worked out and then right before she was going to get married she called him and was like you're my cuban prince i didn't realize he was cuban and i want you to save me from marrying this guy and he was like okay i'll do it and then they got married and shockingly it didn't work but yeah I just left that day I think I called you and mom both and I was just like the amount of information that I just got on this person's personal life is just unreal it is unreal and so yeah so that was really crazy then then there was like a series of just like okay people not a big deal but then there was a guy I gave way too much credit to way too much Uh, because the other thing is you're trying to communicate over texting or messaging and that can be tough for some people so it's like you want to balance out people who are just a little bit awkward in that but might be good face to face so this guy was also an attorney in Birmingham and he messaged me and I think he asked me what I did and I said I was a political science professor and he asked me about what I published and I was like nobody cares about that like your publications are not sexy or fun or interesting to anybody, right? <laughs> and so I think I told him like the topic of my paper or something that had been recently been published or I had out or whatever. And he replies to me, LOL, I'm such a sapiophile. So that's a super turn on or something. So I had to urban dictionary sapiophile. I didn't know that word. I mean, I I knew kind of the roots, but I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. It is a person who is sexually aroused by intellect. (laughs) So at that point, I should have said, okay, this is weird. But I was like, again, maybe he was trying to be funny, you know, whatever. And so you were coming for a visit, actually, Case. And so we were trying to coordinate a date. And I said, I'm taking my sister to the airport on Wednesday. So I'll already be up in Birmingham. How about I meet you for um, a drink up in Birmingham? And he said, well, that's no good because on Wednesdays I teach a night class and, oh, oh, but I know, why don't you take your sister to the airport and then come sit in on my class and we can go to dinner after that? Like, I I don't know, I teach for a living. I don't want to sit in on your night class. (laughs) So I'm like, no, I'm free Saturday. So we meet up on Saturday. And it's just so awkward and weird. And like, he's just asking me a lot of strange questions. And I think somebody who was very much intimidated by the fact that I had a PhD is I think part of the reason why a lot of this stuff was coming out, mm-hmm. which I just don't have the time for that. But the thing he did that this is going to be hard to describe over a podcast, but a lot of our people already know what happened in, on this date. I was talking, I was wearing a cardigan and I have a tattoo on my wrist. And I was gesturing and he sees my tattoo and he says, oh, you have a tattoo. Let me see. So I, I kind of you know, hold my arm out. He grabs a hold of my hand and he proceeds to caress up my arm and talk about how soft my skin was. <laughs> and I believe I like visibly shuddered or was like, eh. 
and he's like, oh, you don't like to be touched. I'm like, I, not by people I just met. Like, and I'm, I'm not kidding. He was like legit caressing my arm. <laughs> no, thank you. But then he wanted to show me his tattoos, which were in Comic Sans font. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Mm-hmm. That's so, almost worse than him planning on probably removing your skin from your body. That's really how it felt. And then we go out to the parking lot. They were saying our goodbyes. And he's like, can I kiss you? And I said, no, you may not. And he said, can I have a hug? And I was like, okay. And he comes in for his hug and like gets to my hair and goes, <sighs> oh God, <laughs> it was so gross. I was like, oh my God, I want to go home a different way. But yeah, so then I had one like one more set of dates with the most boring guy I've ever met in my entire life. And I was like, I'm done with OkCupid. Like I just got to be done. And one of my friends from grad school had done Bumble. And so that's when I made the shift over to Bumble. And I haven't had any super crazy dates on Bumble. Like anybody I've met in person has been perfectly fine. It's just not been a love connection, you know, on one end or the other, but I've jumped on and off, you know? So I got on in 2018 and that's where I met the guy that I then dated for the better part of two years into November of 2020. But we, he moved and we broke up in June of 2020 and I got back on and just was really struggling with the people. And I don't, I don't actually remember. I think I went on one date that iteration because everybody else was just flaky and annoying mm-hmm. and just non-communicative. And so, so then I got back off, we got back together, broke up in November. And then I was sitting here, I don't know, maybe around like February, March. And I was like, okay, it's, it's time again, because, you know, I've always said I'm giving up at 38 because that's the age at which mom met Dan. So I'm like, that's (laughs) that's the cap. Nobody ever meets anybody ever again. Yeah. So, so I get back on and I didn't have, uh, again, I didn't have like super weird dates, but I had odd things happen this go round. So there was this one guy that, you know, because my kind of strategy was, like, let's talk back and forth a couple of times. And if it works out, like if that's flowing, okay, let's meet in person and let's see. But obviously we're in a pandemic and that was a little tough, right? But most people now say I'm fully vaccinated. Like I will wear a mask, you know, whatever. And so I had on there that I was fully vaccinated. And so I I like to meet people not in Montevallo for dates. So Mm -hmm. I tell this guy, I'll meet him up in Hoover. And what does he want to do? And this is like a few days ahead of time. I'm like, I'm going to be free at 7.30 on Thursday. And this is in late March, early April. And so in Alabama, it's still getting dark about seven o'clock at that time. And so I tell him I can be done at 7.30. You know, then I text him and say, you know, are we still on for tomorrow? And he says, so far, LOL. I don't know why this is funny, but okay, haha. And then I'm like, well, I'm done at seven, you know, done at seven. I can be to you by 7.30. What do you want to do? And he says, I don't, I don't really care. What do you want to do? And I said, well, I know a restaurant up there, you know, called Taste of Thailand. They've got good sushi. We could go eat there. And he says, I haven't been there and I don't mind trying it, but I haven't eaten at a restaurant since the pandemic started and I only do takeout. And I said, oh, okay, well, since I'm vaccinated, I'm comfortable eating out again. You know, what are you comfortable doing? Like, but that would have been good, useful information to open with, right? And so he says, well, I only have one shot. Why don't we meet at a park? 
And so I reply to him, this is nothing personal at all, but as a single woman, I generally avoid meeting people in parks around dark. Perhaps we should reschedule to a time, you know, that's, we could do an outdoor daytime meetup. And he was like, oh, I'm going out of town and then never again. So that was probably somebody else who wanted to cut the skin off my body. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Come on. And so then there was this other guy, same kind of thing. Like we had really great conversation back and forth and, you know, like, let's meet, you know, do you want to meet up? Yes. I want to meet up. And by this point, I'm like, what do you prefer? Do you want to go somewhere indoors, outdoors, whatever. And so throw around a couple of restaurants, pick a restaurant. And this is all in the span of like 30 minute increments, right? Pick a restaurant, pick a time. Can we do six o'clock? Yeah. And then he says, what's the address? I send him the address. And then he replies, cool. Thanks. One hour later, he says, I hate to do this, but I have to cancel tomorrow. I don't want to pursue a dating relationship if it comes to that. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense to me why you would be on that kind of site then. On a dating site. (laughs) So I don't know, you know, my friend Susan was like, I would have followed up on that. And I would have, and I was like, no, I I absolutely just deleted that. I'm not. yeah. Yeah. So Anyways, so like I said, had a couple of dates. They were, they were whatever. Yeah, this one guy was super nice, but I was not into it. He was like, you have the most, he stopped me mid-sentence to say, you have the most beautiful eyes. And I was like a little annoyed that he interrupted my sentence. And then I was like, (laughs) well, you could thank my dad for that. (laughs) And when I told my friends that, they were like, that's way harsh, Ty. (laughs) I know. Bless his heart. He reached out to me a couple of times, but I wasn't, wasn't really interested, but um, yeah. So, and then a a couple of other date stories that I'm happy to tell friends that are not suitable for a podcast that our parents and our grandmothers listen to, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So I'm sad to say for some of our friends, I'm on hiatus again from the dating apps while I figure out the rest of the summer, but yeah, I mean, you've, you've given it a good effort. (laughs) Nobody can say you haven't. I really have. And just to be clear, those were the highlights. Like I've got Mm -hmm. the list of all the dates here. There were many, many more dates. So many dates. The only one I'm kind of sad you didn't mention was a fairly recent one who like lost his mind about like the hiking (gasps) scene. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh. Do I have, hold on. Let me see if I have a screenshot of that. I think I do. I totally forgot about that guy. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So for anybody who has ever online dated, like you have to open with something. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point here. And so, shoot, I guess, I, did I screenshot it to you, Case? I only have those two, but I could have sworn I screenshotted it. So on his profile in three separate places, so one photo and then two listed places that said he liked to hike. So I said, hey, dude, I see you like to hike. I'm a fairly new Alabama transplant. What are some, what's like one of your favorite Alabama hikes? And he replies, I don't really hike. I like to walk in the woods, LOL. Just lots of egregious use of LOL out Mm. in the dating world. And anyways, I don't brag about where I hike because that is akin to Charlie buying new mud flaps for his tires and, and Bonnie buying another live, laugh, love sign for her beach condo. (laughs) (laughs) And something about a 
water bottle too, like buying an expensive water bottle. But it was a string of like five or six messages that he like sent back to back to back. And I couldn't let that one go. I said, oh yeah, I wasn't looking for you to brag about anything. I just like to know where people like to hike. And then I deleted him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, clearly like that question angered him. Yeah, it did. So I think a good takeaway for our listeners is be careful who you ask about where they like to hike. Yeah, definitely be careful about that. Yeah, I have put in the good old college try. You've tried. I mean, you've, like you said, you've worked at companies with single fellas. And then there was a time one of those guys that we've already kind of mentioned tonight, but we don't need to be super clear about who it is, kept popping up. Remember? Yep. Ran into him at Central Market. I ran into him at Lowe's. I ran into him, like I was just running into him every 10 minutes, but nothing ever panned out there. Yeah. There have been over the years, many people that I have really felt extreme disappointment in because I don't understand why they didn't immediately fall in love with you. Yeah. So that's that's something I, 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 to this day, haven't been able to quite work through because it just doesn't make any sense to me. Listen, I'm with you. And that's kind of where I am at this point, right? It's like, I spent the better part of a couple of years being like, what is it about me? Like, there is clearly some fatal character flaw that I have that I have not, like nobody's picked up on yet. I don't know uh, why I'm a beacon for these crazy people. And then I took a step back and I was like, wait a second. I think it might be Alabama. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it might be the men that exist in this space. Mm-hmm for me like the only good ones got snatched up by my friends (laughs) um yeah and I know like it was always mom's dream that I would start you know my job here and you know there'd be another young professor I'd fall madly in love with she basically Um, was hoping you would have a Hallmark movie she was she was but uh, but I also have a lot of concerns around dating somebody at work you know just because yeah yeah, it's a different environment uh, when you're in education. Yeah. Like corporate America where you can just move on. <laughs> yeah. And especially the, the person she really, I think, still kind of hopes that I will get together with, like literally works three offices down from me. And so can you imagine? Like, yeah. no, that's, that is scary, scary, scary. You'd be the start of your own Jerry Springer drama. That's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I do have, we do have a joke about how if something happens to Susan, there is no other option, but for me and Arthur to get married and raise Ramona. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've told Susan, I feel the same way if something happens to Arthur. She and I clearly need to get married and raise Ramona. Like, yeah. like either way, I'm marrying one of them. So yeah. it's a good plan yeah but anyways it has been a ride that is for sure (laughs) I I do feel like you might have to extend your giving up time because you didn't really lose a year in not only in the pandemic but because you had to come and move here for well yeah but I was technically dating somebody then true yeah but I just feel like that can't count oh okay okay so you think I give up at 39 yeah Okay. (laughs) Basically just added six months. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I don't know how much you've thought about this, but I actually had this conversation with somebody today. If you had asked 21 year old me where 38 year old me would be, 
I might have said professor, like that was something that that was an idea that was developing as I was wrapping up my time at UT, but I, I was positive I would be married and have kids positive. And while I think the opportunity still exists for me to get married someday, if I even, I don't even know if I want to, but if it did, the, the kids opportunity is, is rapidly shrinking as is my tolerance for a lack of sleep. And, and like, I don't know that I would have pictured you married with a burgeoning family. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was really my plan. If, yeah, if you had asked me at, at 21, I definitely thought that I was going to go into corporate America in some form or fashion. And I think I really thought I would be some kind of like executive fatty by now, which it's just funny how those things change. Cause I, you know, it was like, by the time I'm 25, I'm going to be managing people. By the time I turned 25, I was like, I have zero interest in managing people. People <laughs> are terrible. They are whiny. I don't want to manage them. Yeah. So yeah, but I, I don't really think I didn't have ever in my life. I never thought, oh, I, I will get married. I, when I was planning my wedding, I remember seeing a lot of stuff that was like, I've been thinking about this dress since I was four. Right. I was like, really? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> I was playing dress up with my sister complaining about potholes. That's right. Well, I was four. On the way to the ball, we always hit potholes. A lot of potholes in our grandmother's hallway. And I, I think I always thought I would be married, but I've never been a person who's been like, this is the perfect wedding. Mm-hmm. And, but that has a hundred percent changed. Like when, when I was talking with college boyfriend about it, like it was going to be a big wedding, like your traditional hullabaloo, blah, blah, blah. Now it's like, I'll be lucky if I head it to a courthouse or something. I want to take my, I want to take my wedding money from the parents and run. <laughs> <laughs> Which my offer still stands to all the parents to go ahead and give me that money now. Like mm-hmm. we don't have to wait until I never get married. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so I, I hope most of our listeners are happily coupled and don't have to get out there. But if not, take solace from our experiences. Right. Just Both good and bad. It's, well, more bad. It's, yeah. it's all pretty terrible. But my friend Meredith always says it's always terrible till the one time it's not. Yeah. That's and I very think that true. is very true. So. Except for that one guy. And then there was the four times when it was <laughs> For him, it's been terrible many times, (laughs) but that might be a function of who he is. Well, a little bit. I'm glad you found Russell and I'm glad he's happy to support me. (laughs) I really feel like he's come around to the fact that, uh, you know, this is a package deal. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely a package deal. But not in a weird way. No, no, no. Come on. Not in a creepy sister wife way. All right. Well, wish me luck. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Yeah. All right. I love talking to you. You too. All right. Love, love you. Bye. bye.